and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood books with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we're going to be reading chapters five and six. Correct. Yep. Chapters five Prince and six. Of Azkaban. Yeah. So grab, well, this episode, tea. grab some tea, grab some loose leaf tea and join us on this weird tea leaf reading it's not a reminiscent journey this time. No, it's, it's a, a journey into the future. Yeah. I guess it would help if I moved my microphone. I guess it would, microphone. yeah. I just called it a microwave. This is going to go well. You don't what shift time is around? It? What time is it? Chico it's time. Chico time. It's ten past midnight. It is. Hi. Hi. How are you? Lovely. Great. What are we drinking this episode, Hannah? Tea. Tea. So this is the third in a series of batch recording, which we've needed to do to catch up. Yep. But one of the reasons why we're drinking tea, we were always going to drink tea because we're reading chapters five and six. Yeah. And chapter six is of talons and tea leaves, which features tea leaf reading. So we're going to do some tea leaf reading live on the podcast cute right cute, right right cute. if it works yeah uh, i'm i'm worried it won't be cute because i'm really not excited to drink this fucking i love tea yeah. i love tea that comes in tea bags not whatever the fuck we have wow. in our mugs now yeah this is still a drunken podcast because we've we've been drinking since many a hour so ago. many hours ago um so <laughs> it is still drunk but now we're drinking tea which is quite nice because it is so late so at least I hope it but, doesn't um, have loads of caffeine in though. It may well do. It might. So to kick us off, we are doing some thank yous to some lovely reviews that have been left to us. So the first review is to Lucy0907, who actually came to DreCon and has since started listening to the podcast. She said the quiz at DreCon was savage and the fanfic reading was hilarious. So thanks, Lucy. Another big thank you to our Nicole 002, who is now reading the Harry Potter books and is only on book two. What are you? We what not, are you doing? What are you doing? We're not. Stop. We're not free. spoiler safe. Like, like that's. Oh. I, I, we got this for you, and I was like, that's so kind, but also I don't want to be the reason stuff gets ruined for you. So yeah, please never we, blame us, and I'm sorry. Yeah, we love you, and please do still keep listening if you want, but. You will get it ruined for you. And the last thank you goes to what is winning as my favourite review we've ever been left so far. Sweetie Hedge, who left us a review saying she began listening to this podcast whilst breastfeeding her newborn and also being up with her other child who's a toddler in the night. Number one, that's the best fucking thing I've ever heard. Number two, I am worried if you're listening to it out loud that our voices and our words and all the terrible things we say are like going into your baby's brain whilst they're like, eating and i i'm not sure what if one of them turns out like us like that's not good is that what you want but yeah your uh, review was how called... are we anything other than amazing uh, exactly uh your review is called goblet of wine and milk which i found just fucking hilarious Brilliant. so thank you and so good yeah so good thank you so anyway we try the tea live but it's still fucking hot so yeah it's also like it's tea leaves which i've never normally drunk mm. and you meant to use a strainer normally but obviously for reading tea leaves you need it loose which means there's loads of bits floating in it i don't know how to drink it without getting the bits in my teeth just no. like use your teeth as like i also it's very posh tea that a kind colleague gave me as a leaving gift but it's so posh i don't know how we're meant to drink it like we have it black 
And I normally take my tea with milk and a sugar. I put some honey in it because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just having it black and I'm, I'm scared. It's going to be fine. Chapter five, the Dementor. Dementor, Dementor. Dementor, Dementor. It's the next morning and Harry goes down to breakfast and there's this really nice moment written in, which is the kind of thing I love when the books pepper this in, where it says that Mrs. Weasley, Ginny and Hermione were giggling over a story of Mrs. Weasley brewing a love potion where she was in school. And it's a throwaway line. It doesn't mean anything. Let's ignore the love. She might not use it on anyone. You don't know. But I really like that Hermione is given space starting from this book onwards to have these like moments outside of Harry and Ron where also she does typically like girly things and that doesn't take away from her character. Because this is one of those moments where like literally Hermione and Ginny forge this amazing friendship and just Harry just doesn't realize yeah it's harry and he's a fucking he's idiot oblivious and it's moments like this where their friendship is being forged harry doesn't realize any of this and they're having these really cute moments where they're giggling over stuff and harry's just like what girls giggling what no not noticing that who what where yeah these women are irrelevant just my first note which is percy has a photo of penelope cute it's like when you you went off to war and you had the photo of your loved one in your breast pocket <laughs> carrying it round here's Penelope here's what she looks like yeah so they get ministry cars to the station obviously for Harry's protection yep and then they're saying goodbye and Mrs Weasley kisses Hermione adorable standard but yeah adorable and then gives Harry an extra hug and Harry is embarrassed but pleased that he gets an extra hug and my god this child it makes you realise it's one of these moments where you're like fuck this child was never hugged this child is literally never been hugged and harry is embarrassed but please get an extra hug and could someone please hug this child more because he's still only 13 and i just really need him to be hugged more i need to be hugged more don't hug me i will beat you away with this fucking notebook you just said you wanted to be hugged more. not by you so the only free compartment on the train is one with lupin in um so harry fills in ron and hermione on mr we oh yeah mr weasley gives him a warning i've yeah. that in my notes yeah mr weasley is like i'm gonna tell you about black and harry's like uh i heard you having a domestic yeah I'm like I sorry i eavesdropped on your whole argument and then mr weasley says the classic line of like don't go looking for black and harry's like why would I want to go looking for someone that wants to kill me? And Mr. Weasley's like, yes, good point. No reason, forget I said anything. Forget I said anything. No, no, whatever you may hear, though, don't look for him. Yeah, so Harry fills Ron and Hermione in on the whole situation. And whilst they're in the compartment, Harry's sneaker scope won't stop going off, Mm -hmm. which is a reoccurring theme. Mm -hmm. I wonder why. Mm -hmm. And yet none of them are like, maybe it isn't broken maybe no they all just think it's cheap and it's broken it's yeah. good though because it's the kind of thing when your life you brush everything off as yeah. anything other than misdirection exactly yeah. so then malfoy crab and goyle come into the carriage to see them and like is this a reoccurring theme i'm starting to realize in every book either on the train journey yeah. there or the train journey back malfoy just crab and goyle with each other that's the thing but harry and ron never go and seek out them it's always them three going yeah. and seeking out that's harry and ron so i'm like slash fiction about Draco yeah. and Harry. Yeah. And like, how boring is Draco, Crab and Goyle's friendship where they're like, I've got nothing to do. Let's just go to Harry and Ron's compartment and make fun of them. Like, yeah. really? Come on. Yeah. It's, it's Draco's feelings of insecurity and inadequacy. And how much he loves Harry. So the food troll 
No. No. <laughs> the food trolley comes around and um, they try and wake up Lupin for food. But he won't wake up and I'm just like, lol, what if he was dead? Well, Ronnie's is like, are we sure he's not asleep? What if he's dead? And I'm like, what if he was? Yeah, that would that would uh, be a turn. So then there's a line where it says the food trolley lady person. Trolley food witch. witch. Trolley uh, witch. Says if he's hungry when he wakes up, I'll be in the front with the driver. And I'm just like, was she giving him roadhead? <laughs> is this a thing? Sorry, what? She says she's going to be up front with the driver. Like, why? What do you they just call it? Roadhead. Is that a phrase? What? Yeah. Well, I knew it was a thing that people did, but I didn't know it was a phrase. Yeah, roadhead. It's called roadhead. Yeah. I didn't know it had How a name. didn't you know this? I didn't know it had a name. I knew it was a thing. I didn't know it had a name. Yeah. So was was the food trolley lady giving the yes. driver roadhead? Yeah. Just in between doing the snack trolley, she's like Is going that- for it. Yeah. You can't see, but I'm nodding my head. So I like to think that Lupin this entire time was just pretending to be asleep out of like social awkwardness. <laughs> so like I had this one time at work before where I was like on the, <laughs> I was like on the loo as you do. As you do. And then a girl came in crying. And then after a while, like her friend came in and then they were talking for like ages, like ages. Cause she was really upset and they were crying, blah, blah, blah. And like, I was on the loom. My entire ass was numb, but I was like, it's too long. I can't come out. Like, it's too awkward. Were people texting you like, and where have you gone? Yeah, no, genuinely. Like the girl that I sat next to at work texted me and was like, is everything okay? Cause I was gone for like a solid hour because it kind of got to the point where i was like oh shit she's crying i don't want to come out and then you can't leave then because it looks like you've been in there shitting for 45 minutes exactly like they would just be like why and then funnily enough a few months later i made friends with that girl and like i then eventually told her this and she was like oh my god we were wondering why someone was in there for so long you're so socially awkward (laughs) it's just social awkwardness anyway i like to think that lupin was just like quickly resting his eyes when they came in and then then he he was like, like Oh, oh no, I can't open them now. Because that's why he just woke up so quickly the yeah. moment the Dementors came in, because he was actually just awake the entire time and just being really fucking awkward. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him past him. So the, the train, train stops, stops, which I can only assume is because he's crashed because of the road head. Uh, the lights go out. Neville and Ginny come into the compartment, and then because I don't know, they need someone because they're scared. Lupin wakes up and. That moment Lupin wakes up must be the most bizarre thing for him. So he's been asleep. If oh, we're, yeah. If we're going with he's been asleep, he's been asleep. He opens his eyes and he sees a boy, which is the spit of James, sitting on the Hogwarts Express that he used to travel on, like with James. And you would think you'd woken up in a dream, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, because if you sat on that Hogwarts Express for the first time since you were in school, you'd be thinking about like James and Sirius and Peter and you close your eyes and you open them again and Harry's there who is the spit of his father. Yeah. And like, that's just a weird coincidence. So even if you kind of registered what was happening, you would be like, well, it's still a really fucking weird coincidence. Yeah. And I just, I feel so sorry for Lupin in this moment because I'm like, that I must have been so horrible to like wake up to that, but also kind of lovely because obviously he finds out Harry's a nice kid and I don't know. I don't know. I found it emotional. So a Dementor comes in. It does. Uh, cold fills Harry all over and he is screaming and pleading inside his own head. He faints and wakes up when the train is moving Have again. Have you tried the tea? No, not yet. It's all right. Let me try. 
I do. It could do with the honey, actually. I've it's, put honey it needs in. Needs to be a bit sweeter. Oh yeah, it is actually nice black with honey in. So he faints and wakes up again. Harry's like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And everyone's saying, "You know, I felt horrible too." Ron explains that he felt like he'd never be cheerful again. And I just want to like talk about dementors for a bit, and I have a two pronged approach approach to this chat about dementors. So I'm going to take a nap whilst you do that. No, it's a discussion. So dementors are one of the few creature inventions by J.K. Rowling which are completely new. So a lot of J.K. Rowling's creatures, although she very much puts her own spin of them, are taken from fantasy. And this was why I feel like Harry Potter was so popular in the time. It was taking fantasy elements which people knew, um, dragons, sphinxes, you know, all these magical creatures. Unicorns. Unicorns and putting her own centaurs. Last ended screws. <laughs> no, not centaurs and putting her own interpretation on them. Dementors are a complete creature invention. And what a fucking successful creature invention! Like I can't think of a fantasy genre that's invented a creature and in recent years and no way near as successful to the point where the word dementor has literally entered like. I wrote down the millennial zeitgeist. But to the point where, like, me and my mum will be chatting and if it suddenly goes cold, she's like, oh, it's like a Dementor came. Yeah. Like, things like that. And people just, who aren't into Harry Potter say that to me. Or, like, yeah. if you suddenly get that sad feeling, they're like, oh, it's like, oh, it's like a Dementor, like, sucking out your soul or something like that. And people joke with the word. But that is how in the zeitgeist it is. The yeah. JK Rowling managed to invent. And now if you list, like, magical creatures, people would list a Dementor as a magical creature. Mm. And I think we forget how fucking amazing that is. Like, yeah, it's impressive to create Harry Potter and Hogwarts and all yeah. this stuff. It would but... be like being the person that first like wrote about a vampire. Exactly. Wrote about a vampire, wrote about a werewolf, wrote about elves, wrote about dwarves, wrote about anything like that. All of those are so established in fantasy. Like, they're right there in Lord of the Rings and have been there for so long. Dementors are a complete new invention and it, it's just fucking impressive. Like, wow, well done. Big congrats. There's also the fact that dementors are a metaphor in the books for depression. And J.K. Rowling has like confirmed this and said that she wrote them as a metaphor for depression. And they only got added into the books after she herself started suffering with depression, after like the death of her mother. And like, again, it's one of those things where she would manage to put something that is very difficult to explain to children into a more simplistic form than obviously depression and mental health issues are like the same way that race like and racism is boiled down but it's the same thing like it's boiled down to this one creature but it becomes a way for children and people growing up to understand that the feelings they're having like although they're feeling them and it's it's okay to feel them you also need to learn how to like accept those feelings and then work through those feelings um yes sad what's your next point um <laughs> there's a really beautiful line about the dementors where it says it was as if he, it was trying to suck something more than air from its surroundings yeah fucking beautiful yeah absolutely it's beautiful. so clever because it's like at that point we don't know they suck souls out but it's like what is more than air it's like the feelings of these kids they're trying to suck the feelings out or their dicks why what you can't suck a dick out <laughs> Depends how hard you're sucking. <laughs> you get Hoover involved, it's a lot fucking easier. You still wouldn't suck it out. Get like a industrial strength Hoover. Let's try it. Harry faints. He comes to, and everyone else is clearly shaking up. And he is up. screaming. 
I said that earlier. Did you? Yeah. I, I, I don't listen. Oh, he comes to, everyone's clearly shaken. Ginny is like the worst after Harry. She's curled up in the corner and starts crying. And like, I think we forget that after Harry, Ginny has been through, you don't like the tea anymore? No, I just got like a really strong. Oh, right. It's probably a whole leaf you swallowed. Um, I think we forget like after Harry, Ginny has been through some of the worst shit. And she's probably reliving what was a very recent memory for her of being possessed by Voldemort and being into the Chamber of Secrets. So if the Dementors make you relive your worst bits, she's reliving that, which is fucking horrible for her. Yeah, totally. So Lupin gives him ch- him chocolate and starts to explain a teeny tiny bit about what dementia- Dementors are. Doesn't really go into it that much. Um, they arrive at Hogwarts and because Neville is a massive fucking gossip, Malfoy knows that Harry fainted. Yeah, what a... Like, I know come Neville's on, a bit Neville. dumb, but come on. Really? Really? It's like he was just trying to make friends by having the gossip. Like, I feel like he was probably telling it. someone... Like, I feel like he didn't try it. I feel like he was telling someone like Seamus and Malfoy happened to overhear. Yeah. But still. Mm-hmm. McGonagall takes Hermione and Harry up to her office. Yep. Uh, Madame Pomfrey comes in to check on Harry. And Harry's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And Madame Pomfrey's like, it's the Dementors. They affect those who are most delicate. And Harry's yeah. like, I'm not delicate. And Madame Pomfrey goes, of course you're not. And it's the yeah. most fucking patronizing thing I've ever read. an incredible line when she's like, oh, it's you, is it? I suppose you've been doing something dangerous again. <laughs> Woo! Madame Pomfrey is so good. <laughs> Savage. I just love it. All like she cares about the health of her pupils, but she does not care about offending anyone along the way to making sure everyone's healthy. And I love it. Yeah, big mood. So, so Hermi- they miss the sorting ceremony. Yeah, again, again. But Hermione has to stay behind for a chat about her timetable. Yeah, nice little hint there. So yeah, they missed the sorting ceremony again, which I feel like J.K. Rowling just didn't want to write a big list of names, so she was like, "How can I skip the sorting ceremony two years in a row?" Yeah, let me write things about that. It's like when you have to like pronounce names. Yeah, you're like, really I don't want to do that. She was like, "I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want that." I don't want that. But Dumbledore then stands up and he makes a big speech about the fact that the Dementors are going to be at Hogwarts yeah. this year. Like, could you imagine being a first year? Like, how scary! Like a Muggle-born first year, and that happens on your train. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, and then is you this have that what speech. You're just like, is this just is this standard? Is is this what it's like? Is this what happens? Like, yeah. absolutely horrifying. It, oh. In in his speech, Dumbledore specifically says that invisibility cloaks, etc., do not work yeah. against Dementors. Yeah. But as we later on learn, fast forward about 15, 30 seconds if you don't want spoilers, Harry's invisibility cloak is not like normal invisibility cloaks correct would his cloak work on dementors well dumbledore knows it's not like normal invisibility cloaks he knows it's pretty one of a kind and he specifically says invisibility cloaks don't work to harry like Mm. he says that to harry like oink wink i think it's literally just like in the same way that you know mrs norris can sense through harry's invisibility cloak and mad eye moody can see through harry's invisibility cloak dementors literally can because they're going off senses not sight it doesn't Mm. matter that he's wearing an invisibility cloak if death can't find people Mm. how can a dementor maybe he's just trying to to even take if death can't find someone in invisibility cloak then how does mrs norris sense harry is cats are the Mrs. best. Mrs. Norris, death. So then Dumbledore starts explaining about teacher positions this year. He says, you know, um, 
uh, Lupin is there to be the defense against the dark arts teacher. And then he says that the old care of magical creatures teacher, Professor Kettleburn, and I quote, retired to spend more time with his remaining remaining limbs. limbs. The fuck does that line mean? Especially because you could kind I mean, you shouldn't understand that from the care of magical creature, but you could kind of maybe more understand it from the care of magical creatures teacher. Yeah. But no, not teacher, the groundsman. So you could understand that more from like the groundskeeper. Yeah. Slightly. Still shouldn't lose any limbs. But as a teacher, should you be really dealing with anything that dangerous? Like what happened to his limbs? Did Hagrid sacrifice them in his yearly sacrificing? Is this one of Dumbledore's like, oh yeah, we lose like 20% of school children and 5% of staff members' limbs. Like, where the fuck did his limbs go? I'm taking it they've been like ripped off by manticores, but you shouldn't be putting teachers in... Maybe it was, but look, look, we're assuming it was work-related. It could be something to do with... He could have a really dangerous hobby. Yeah. It's just a line and they ended up including it in the films, which is hilarious because it's kind of turned into this iconic weird line of like, but what happened to his limbs? Mm. So then Hagrid gets announced as the new Care of Magical Creatures teacher. And I get this is a lovely moment. I really do. Especially as, you know, Hagrid was freed at the end of last year and his name was cleared. But does nobody need teaching qualifications in the wizarding world? Like, I get this is a lovely moment, but... It's clear that nobody needs exactly, teaching qualifications. Because teaching isn't just about knowledge. It's about being able to deliver that knowledge in. Exactly. Yeah. In a structured way that will help children learn. And the, clearly the Wizarding World doesn't need that because apparently any old person can become a teacher. And like it gets proven, and we'll talk about this like again and again, that although like everyone loves Hagrid, he's a bit of a shit teacher. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is why we have teaching qualifications and exams. Yeah. And then they go to bed. So chapter six, ta- ta- talons and tea leaves. Talons and tea leaves. Here's something really meta and cool. The day we're releasing this episode, if Charlie has done her maths right in our spreadsheet, is the 2nd of September. This... <laughs> Fingers crossed it is, guys. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. I'll just cut it out. This chapter is obviously set on the first day of the Hogwarts school term, which if they get the train on the 1st of September, is the 2nd of September. So we are... This episode is being released the same day as this chapter is set. Cool. It's fucking cute. You were a lot more excited when you first realised that. Your excitement levels have gone down. I was. I like to be really edgy and disinterested. So for this... uh, So I've been quite good. You may have noticed the past few episodes at making chapter notes. However, because time ran out i don't have chapter notes on this one i, I bet i've, I've got to go back to my traditional style oh, there's, of three there's three sentences there's three sentences so it's the next morning monday the well something the 2nd of september the same day this episode is being released yeah um they go down to breakfast and they're still all talking about dementors george says that you know he was talking about azkaban and dementors and he says that most prisoners go mad in azkaban and this is brought up again and again and again and i'm sure we'll like talk about this more but it's so fucking unethical to have a prison where people because of the guards go insane yeah some people die from insanity in there because of the guards what a fucking sick system yeah and especially when they have no proper like actual like they don't really have trials that are fair they don't have like lawyers Mm. they really they just lock people up for no reason yeah 
Like you can't, no, no, not good. Good. It's so bad. It's so bad. And we'll talk about this more because Sirius mentions like certain people going mad in Azkaban, but it's so sick. Yeah. Um, so Ron notices that Hermione's timetable has been double and triple booked for some classes. And this is just the first mention of Ron repetitively noticing problems with Hermione's timetable, her not being able to go to lessons at twice the same time, asking people where she's been. And Harry in this situation and everyone following not even giving a flying fuck where Hermione is or what her timetable says. Literally could not give less shit. He literally sits there in the conversation silently and then every time Ron asks him, he's like, I don't care. Yeah. It's like, he's you're so, so unobservant. He's so unobservant. He's so actually stunning how he's unobservant like, is this, he is. This, this isn't about me. He's like, Hermione may be my best friend in the entire world apart from Ron. Like, she may be, like, basically a sister to me. But... I just don't really care if she has three impossible classes at the same time mm. and she's almost dying of stress. Like, yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. What a douchebag. Whereas Ron, oh, he cares. Yeah. And He's he notices obsessed. where Hermione is and becomes a bit obsessed with it. He does. It's cute. So they walk to divination and on the way there, they meet Sir Cadogan, who helps them get to the divination classroom, who obviously, he becomes a... a bit important later not that important he's just so good though i mean he's definitely like a bit of a like monty python ripoff yeah but so good he is very funny it's a good like comedy relief um so they get to the bottom of the classroom and they have to walk up a ladder and the classroom is bizarre and then they get to the top and professor trelawney is also bizarre she's kind of weird looking like three out of ten for harry He's not mm. sure about the whole thing. I feel like she's a bit more... I th- I feel like she's a four out of ten. Oh, okay. I feel like he's like after like a considerable amount of tequila. And maybe a makeover. Like, get rid of some of those shorts. Like, maybe if he took the glasses off and then if he wore the glasses... He already wears glasses. But different prescriptions, Hannah. Like, oh, I know this. I wear glasses. I know, but it still wouldn't work. Then she'd be a bit blurrier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Okay, four out of ten. So she makes a. She starts making like predictions to start to like scare the class, and she predicts that in Easter one of the class number will leave them forever. And I just think that like this is just a prediction she probably makes every year because she's such a terrible teacher that inevitably at least one person. What? I'm there. You're there. Okay. I've I drunk have... my tea. Um, I need to do it then. Inevitably, once, like, every year, somebody drops out of her class. Yeah. This is what I think. She just makes a prediction every year because someone quits in anger. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So they read the tea leaves. What they have to do is get tea from a big pot, drink it as fast as they can because, obviously, it's scalding hot. Put it in, I believe, their left hands, swill it round counterclockwise three times, Turn it upside down in the saucer and turn it back the other way. So let me just finish my tea. We don't have proper teacups because you're meant to have teacups like traditional bone china teacups that are very bowl shaped. So they don't have an edge. They just smoothly go up. We don't have that. We have just mugs. We also don't have saucers because who the fuck has saucers? Mm -hmm. So we're just using tiny plates. So I'm going to sit up for this. Okay, so take the teacup in your left hand. Swill it around counterclockwise, so clock goes that way, so that way, three times, like big swills. One, two, <laughs> three. Now Mine's to... gone all up the side. That's good, that's good. It can go anywhere on the mug. Now put your plate over. Yeah. Tip it upside 
Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Oh shit! And now I think I have to take water. it back up. Take it back up. Mine's just one big goo. Same. And it's all I've got tea all over me. <laughs> Wait, no. Look, this, this is why you need a will big wide will mug. You go give me some tissue. I've got tea all over that. Okay, I'm gonna turn it upside down again. Like, let's turn it upside down again and make it move more. Okay, and then pass it to our partner and see what we can see. Yours is better than mine. I tip more out. I tip loads out. Do you, I'll tip more out. Okay. We are not doing this in any way properly. If someone- Oh will... yeah, this is not serious. Yeah, like we need proper teacups and we don't even own them. Like bang it. Now it doesn't have to be one picture. Oh, that's good. It doesn't have to be one picture. Like each individual thing can be different things. So Look. like find a shape. This doesn't look like anything. Find a fur. It can be Wait, one need... tiny thing. Um. Okay. Wait, this could be a... Uh, I can kind of see the UK. Well, I could see like England, Scotland. That... I don't think that's going to be on this list. Hold on. Like this, no, you can't this have looks that. a bit like Europe. It looks like the mess Europe's it... in now. Exactly. It's Is a metaphor a Brexit? for Brexit. This could be a shopping trolley. Um. um I can see kind of a... Oh wait, Tree? I can see, I, I suppose this could be, oh, it could be a butterfly or a love heart. Let me look either of those up. A butterfly, success and pleasure. Oh. Or a heart, good things to come, such as money if surrounded by dots or marriage if with a ring. Um, It's a butterfly. Okay, that's a butterfly. So that was success and pleasure. So you've got success I, and pleasure. I'm with that. I think I can see a tree in this. Okay. This is actually quite fun. Yeah, I feel like if we did this with proper mugs properly, this could be fun. I mean, it's bullshit. I can see a face. I can see a cat. Charlie, there's a cat face in here. I'm suddenly seeing stuff. It's like watching clouds. Trees, good, good luck, prosperity, and happiness. Uh, it's surrounded by dots. Fortune will be found in the country. Oh, that's nice. Charlie, I think you've got a cat face in here. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like a tiger. Do they have tigers? I think no, they're making shit up. <laughs> no, I can see a cat. I still can't see anything. You just told me you saw a tree. Ish. Um, um, what do you think this shape looks like? Uh, it looks like tea leaves. <laughs> what does Ron say? I, like a load of wet tea leaves. <laughs> I'm literally feeling very Ron right now. Yes, it is. It doesn't look like anything. Yours, like, can you see that? That looks like a cat face. Oh my god, it does! But there's no Wait, is that the. List. Oh my god, Hannah, is it the Grim? You have the, the Grim! <laughs> no, I'll tell you what it is. It's the cat face out the new cats musical. <laughs> Relevant joke. At this point, this will be going up like six weeks after the cat. Oh, wait, this could be a mountain. Out. Hold on. Do we have mountains? Okay, mountain, a powerful friend, or if many mountains, powerful enemies. There's just one mountain, so powerful friend, is that me? No. Oh. I see a dick. No, you don't. I do, look, that's the, the, the white bit, the balls, and then the shaft. Oh, there is a dick in there. I've got a dick in my cup. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title. <laughs> I got a dick in my cup. Okay, I've decided you're two. Uh, you have a butterfly and a mountain. Amazingly, there's no one for dick. Penis? Willy? I'm okay. Knob? Shaft? Balls? Oh, I can see people dancing. I can see, like, people. People. Symbol varies with what they are doing, but the symbol of people is usually good. So if they're dancing, that's good? Do you want to Google people dancing? 
dancer, symbol and tea leaf dictionary. Dancer projects happiness. When he or she is dancing in your teacup, this indicates that you are likely to be happy in life. The symbol is a positive omen. Happiness can be found if you're looking in the right direction. Aww. And I love dance. I'm trying to get back into it at yeah. the moment. How nice. Lovely. Are we done? We are. Cheers. Cheers. This was weird. If any of our listeners read tea leaves, we'd like, if you genuinely do it with proper tea leaves, like we'd love to set up a Skype thing and actually do it properly. Like yeah. that would be well, like honestly tell us, that'd be well fun. Um, if any of you do it like proper. Uh, so <laughs> plot. <laughs> plot, book. That was, that was fun. That was that fun. Was, that was anyway. Fun. I enjoyed that. So the squad do that. Um, the team, the peeps. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously they're reading each other's tea leaves. They're being all sarcastic. Uh, they're like, I see a cross. I see some wet, soggy tea leaves. Professor Trelawney takes over and she sees the, the grim. And everyone starts panicking. As everyone starts panicking, I realise that every single Gryffindor is taking this class. Which is weird. Like, And also, every single Gryffindor that we know of takes care of magical creatures. So, is nobody from Gryffindor, apart from Hermione, taking muggle studies, arithmetic, or ancient ruins? It's kind of weird that all in the same classes, yeah. isn't it? Plot holes. So Harry is the Grim and everyone starts being really weird around him and being like, what does this mean? And Harry's freaking out, even though he wouldn't normally believe in this shit because he's seen the Grim once already. He realises that what he saw in Magnolia Crescent that night mm. what is what he believes is the Grim. So they're all so distracted that when they turn up to Professor McGonagall's class, she's teaching them about Animagi turns into a cat and back and then she's like none of you clapped for me and like i don't mean to make a big deal about this Mm. but normally i get a round of applause and i fucking love this this is the kind of if i was to be a teacher this the kind of teacher i'd aspire to be where everyone's scared of me because i'm so strict but also deep down i'm nice and then Mm. when i do something really cool i'd be like fucking clap (laughs) yeah it's just me when i don't like it the The attention attention that i wanted (laughs) i'm like clap for me and then she's like what is wrong with you all and hermione's like "Mm, well um we went to see professor trelawney and she's like you don't have to tell me anymore and then proceeds to subtly sass trelawney Mm -hmm. in just some not even subtly but she's like i wouldn't speak ill of another teacher but it's a very woolly subject and sybil anyway yeah so good she says like oh like don't worry like she predicts someone will die every year however as we have established people do die every year 20 yeah yeah 10 percent, 20 percent. so it really doesn't seem that unreasonable for no, her to be for making hogwarts, these predictions for hogwarts it doesn't seem unreasonable that one people is dying per year so whatever mcgonagall yeah. um so then they all go to lunch and Ron is still freaked out by this whole thing because he grew up in a wizard family so he has all these superstitions. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Harry, have you seen the Grimm? And Harry's like, yeah, no, I did see it. And Ron goes but really white. black dogs are really common. Well, it's like a big shaggy black dog, like a wolf-sized dog. Like a dire wolf. <laughs> I guess. Like a big dog. Scary. Scary. Um, and then Ron's like, uh, but uh, no, wait, it could be true because... Um, my uncle Billius saw the Grimm and died 24 hours later. And Hermione, in one of her moments that she does a lot in this book, like Hermione gets ostracized in this book and we'll talk about it. And it's a big bit of character development for her and the others about learning to understand each other. But it's not just the boy's fault. Part of the fault comes from Hermione because in this book, 
she's so stubborn to other people's point of views and their feelings. Mm. Like the whole thing that happens with Lavender, I think Hermione is completely in the wrong. Yeah. But at this point where Ron is literally saying, yeah, my uncle Billy has died after seeing the Grimm. Like this is something I believe because mm. of X, Y, Z. And Hermione's like, it's coincidence. Hermione. Yeah, don't that's be a, dick. That's a d- he just said his uncle died. Yeah, don't be also, so in- non-compassionate. Yeah, and also it's one of those things as well where it's like, really, this is where you draw the line. Like exactly, you've discovered it's magic. that magic is we real, but uh, no, a psychic you don't believe in. Like, exactly, really? exactly. Like, and like it's like there are real psychics, and it's clear Trelawney is a liar. But these superstitions come from somewhere, and like th- we don't ever know if seeing the Grim is real and you die. And Hermione, right, be right, and people like get so scared they die. But also, one of your best friends has just told you that his uncle died from seeing a dog, and your reaction is like. It's a coincidence, isn't it? Shut up, Ron. Yeah. Don't be a bitch, Hermione. I love Hermione, and this is why I love Hermione, all these flaws that are written in, but she's been a right bitch here. She is. She is. Yeah. Um, So they go down to Care of Magical Creatures, and they are introduced to hippogriffs. Hippogriffs are an established magical creature, right? They existed in fantasy before. I think so. I think so. I'm not entirely sure, but I think so. Somebody tell us. Um, Harry ends up volunteering to do the demo with Buckbeak because everyone else is too scared and then ends up getting to ride him then the rest of the class do the demo and Malfoy being a fucking idiot who wasn't listening tells Buckbeak he's ugly and Buckbeak lashes out and slashes Malfoy that's also what I do when people tell me I'm ugly who tells you you're ugly? many people People no. just yell it at me on the street. No, they don't. Nobody yells it at you. Actually, but today, between me and Charlie, in the space of an hour, between us, we were catcalled four times today. Yeah. I would say within half an hour. Yeah, half an hour. Yeah. It's, it was gross. It was. I didn't see yours, you didn't see mine. It's gross. Yeah. Maybe we were both making it up for attention. Maybe we were catcalling each other. Yes, that's definitely what happened. I cackled you. I was there. I I was the guard in, in Sainsbury's. Yeah. Like Malfoy's been an idiot um, and gets injured by Buckpeak. Everyone panics. Hagrid has to take him up to the hospital wing. After dinner, they go to see Hagrid and it's made clear that Hagrid has been drinking because he's upset. And I mentioned this in book one, I think, that Hagrid is the only character we explicitly see get drunk throughout the books and it's clear he uses alcohol as like a coping mechanism in Mm. some instances which is like the instances that's the thing the instances (laughs) where he uses it it's never to the point where he's like drunk so he can't teach or can't do his responsibilities it's just Mm. clear in some scenes where he's really happy or really upset he gets drunk yeah and that's quite normal but i just find it interesting that like hagrid's the only character who this is explicitly mentioned with and i always wonder why hagrid yeah, um, yeah, no, I think, I mean, we see Trelawney get drunk. Oh, that's true. And not in a good way. She actually can't teach and yeah, stuff at some point. Yeah, and Winky. I always forget about Winky. But yeah, it and, is drunk. Yeah, and we don't see him get drunk, but we do have references to Dumbledore drinking. When? Oh, I guess not, actually. I was going to say when he, like, goes off to the hog's head, but that's a lie, isn't it? He just says that he is when he's not. No, sometimes he does as well. He hangs out with well, Aberforth. Reference to him drinking. That's true. I just—it's just like the Hagrid thing is repetitive in all seven books. But you're very yeah. right about Trelawney in book six, and it's very heavy-handed in book six. Yeah. Um. So Hagrid says he hasn't been sacked, but he is in big trouble. Um. He sobers up slightly after he dunks his head in a bucket of water, which relatable because my head is fucking boiling right now. Do you want me to go? Shall we do the ice bucket challenge? Yeah. Let's do it right now. Okay. Cool. 
But wait, let's do it to Neil whilst he's asleep. <laughs> no, then my bed would get wet. Um, and then once he sobers up a bit, he screams at Harry for leaving the castle. I love that's why you're like, no, we can't dump a, bo- a <laughs> bucket of ice on Neil whilst he sleeps. My bed would get wet. <laughs> I once had a wet bed, not because I wet it. <laughs> um, so I once went on this holiday as I did a lot um, with my granny and grandpa and my granny always used to bring like hot water bottles everywhere. Um, it leaked. Oh yeah, no, she gave me this hot water bottle which in the night leaked and I woke up to a mattress sopping wet and cold. Yeah, you did. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> anyway, there's the end of those two chapters. What did you think? Yeah, that I, I enjoyed us doing the tea leaf thing. I did. You didn't enjoy the chapters. Well, like, again, not a huge amount really happens. Like, it's just kind of like... I'm not really sure what you're expecting in. to happen in the first chapters of books at this point. Uh, Voldemort? No, he's not in this book. Wow, I feel misled. But there's just... I just love this book because all early... All these early chapters... Although you're right, not much, like, plot is happening... Mm. The peppering in of all the stuff, like, for example, McGonagall saying she's an Alan Magi and showing them is our first, I believe that's yeah. our first direct someone telling us about Anna, as Although we've seen McGonagall transform before, it hasn't been like, oh, it's because I'm an Animagus. Yes. I think the thing with this book is that they build the plot whilst you don't know. Exactly. It. Whereas the other ones are like, here is the plot building. Oh, mystery, something's going on. Whereas yeah. this one is like, you don't know that the plot is building. Yeah. There's like, a, there's like small bits of mystery, like how's he getting in the castle? But like a lot of those like teasing things, you don't know that it's plot building until you're told yeah and some of it ends up being like a b plot and then some of it ends up being part of the main plot and it's just so peppered in and i love it i love it yeah great if you want to see pictures of our tea leaves uh they'll be on twitter and instagram and other places where we live yeah um bye but Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our producer-level patron, Sandra, for her help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us, as well as gaining access to behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes, Check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash goblet of wine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye!